Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, April 18th. It's 529 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. Higher trade across the board in the grain markets. Mackenzie Johnston, good morning and welcome to Grain Markets and Other Stuff. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, guys, uh, Mackenzie's going to be on full time here helping me out with the podcast, helping me out with news and graphics. Don't get nervous. There's only 10,000 people watching and listening between the podcast and YouTube every single morning. So don't get nervous. It's it's 10,000 of our closest friends. So don't Thanks, like Joe. don't get too worked up about it. Um, where are we going to start here this morning? So we're going to talk about the weather. A cold air mass could threaten U.S. winter wheat crops this weekend. According to this morning's GFS model, temp temperatures across Nebraska, Kansas, Colorado, Oklahoma, and North Texas are expected to bottom out in the mid-20s on Saturday. The Euro, model, the Euro model is slightly warmer by comparison. A freeze event at this point would be detrimental to a, to a, hard, red, a hard red wheat uh, crop that has already weathered a severe drought. The cold temperatures will be felt across most of the Corn Belt this week. The radar is mostly blank across the Corn Belt here this morning. Rain is slated to return on Wednesday and Thursday this week. This could be a big deal for your HRW wheat crop in the Southern Plains. You look at this map on our screen here. So this is uh, expected minimum temperatures on Saturday. And this stuff's gonna stick around for a couple of days the way it looks. You've got lows in Western Kansas expected in the 20s. And that stuff goes all the way down into like the Oklahoma, Texas Panhandle area, Colorado, Nebraska, um, also in the Corn Belt. This is going to affect corn planting. I think this could have a big time negative effect on your HRW wheat crop, which is already in pretty darn tough shape um, in those areas. And if you look at the map of production density, I mean, Kansas and western Kansas in particular, huge winter wheat area, um, eastern Colorado, uh, this uh, again, far north part of Texas, uh, western Oklahoma, this is, is potentially a huge deal. There's a little bit of conflict in the models. Again, the um, the GFS is slightly cooler than the Euro, so I'm not sure which one will win out if either of them do. Um, so there's there's a couple of things going on here. I mean, winter wheat is an issue. Um, I think this is going to slow corn, uh, corn planting, soybean planting across the country. The fact that we're just going to be uh, on the cold side. And of course, these areas already have drought. So this is like... Um, uh, just just insult to injury here in some of these areas where crop prospects are already really not very good. Radar this morning, again, pretty quiet. You're going to see the rains return. I believe it's going to be like tomorrow into uh, Thursday. And there should be some decent precipitation here across the Corn Belt uh, later this week. So if you guys haven't already checked out our premium deal, you need to do so today. Mackenzie, you did the cattle video with me yesterday, and you are a cattle person, so we talked about the cattle market. Um, this is going to be some additional uh, value for any of you guys who subscribe to the premium deal. We're going to start doing some cattle content from time to time. I think we're going to start doing a cattle piece in the newsletter every morning. Uh, this is actually a really popular video. We had a ton of positive feedback on this. If you guys are interested in the premium stuff, new videos, new content every single business day, go to standardgrain.com, sign up this morning. 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. 
So the National Oilseed Processors Association, also known as NOPA, released March crush data yesterday. NOPA members crushed 185.8 million bushels of soybeans last month, a 15-month high and the second highest level for any month on record. The soybean crush was up 12% compared to February and up 2% versus the same month last year. The daily U.S. crush pace increased in February and expanded even further in March as soy processors recovered from weather and maintenance-related downtime experienced earlier this winter. Crush margins are excellent. Many plants are able to clear $1 per bushel or more. Uh, keep in mind, NOPA members account for 95% of all soybeans all soybeans processed across the U.S. Absolutely fantastic number um, above expectations, and the expectations were pretty high. Uh, you're going to see a lot of record crush numbers printed here the next couple of years as these new crush plants come online. Uh, the margins are not as good as they were a few months ago, but a dollar per bushel is uh, very good and should incentivize the processor to uh, keep on rolling here. If there is an issue at any point here the next few months, it would be a simple lack of available physical soybeans. We know the situation's tight in the country. Um, if, if there were an issue in regard to the crush numbers, that would probably be it. But the margins are good, and uh, you should see these strong numbers continue uh, for a while. That would be my guess. Let's go to crop progress. U.S. corn planting is slightly ahead of schedule. The crop was 8% planted nationally through Sunday versus 3% last week and 5% on average. The trade had expected a number near 10%. Progress was noted in Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Nebraska, and areas further south. States that reported no planting include North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. The Illinois crop was 10% planted and the Iowa crop was 7% planted. Soybean planting was reported at 4% complete nationally versus 1% on average. The trade had expected a print near 4%. So traders had thought we'd be at 10% in corn. So we, we kind of missed the mark there a little bit. I had thought we'd be better than 8% also. And now this week we're going to slow down. So I think there was a moment there uh, like early last week where it looked like we were going to see this really fast corn planting pace. And this is still a, a quick pace, this 8%, but it's early. And now we've got some weather issues in front of us. Uh, uh, so not necessarily the best looking deal right now. Last week was a good week. This week is not going to be nearly as good. Uh, what about winter wheat? Still poor. The crop is rated yes. 27. <laughs> yeah, the crop is rated 27% good to excellent nationally versus 27% last week and 46% on average. A whopping 39% of the crop is rated poor to very poor up from 37% the prior week. States with a rating of 25% good to excellent or or worse include Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Colorado, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Idaho. The crop is 10% headed versus 7% last weekend 8% on average. The US spring the US spring wheat crop is 3% planted versus 1% last week and 7% on average. Okay, so lots of talk about the SRW or HRW crop rather in the southern plains. We've got this potential freeze event. We've got already terrible conditions because of the drought. Look at the spring wheat planting pace, 3% versus 7 on average and that number is not going to get up to average anytime soon given the weather issues that you've got up north. So you have 
issues on multiple fronts in regard to multiple classes, both HRW wheat with the drought and now a potential freeze event. Um, spring wheat, your planting pace is uh, going to be really slow the way that it looks. I'm not sure exactly what will happen up north. If you guys have wheat updates, if you're in the Southern Plains and you see this freeze coming and you've been dry, uh, drop us a comment in the YouTube video here. Uh, what do you think the impact is? Uh, we know it's a tough situation. If you're in spring wheat country up north and uh, you have some ideas regarding acreage or uh, planting or lack of planting pace, uh, let us know. We'd be uh, excited to hear that. U.S. corn shipments increased significantly last week. USDA reported that 1.2 million metric tons of corn were inspected for export during the week ending April 13th. The print was a whopping uh, 45 up up a whopping 45% on the week and up 3% versus the same week last year. Accumulated corn shipments for the current marketing year are down 36% versus the same time period last year. Soybean shipments were down 22% from the previous week, totaling 526,376 metric tons. Wheat shipments fell to 239,907 metric tons, uh, down 38% compared to the previous week. So corn sales and shipments are kind of your area of contention here. Uh, different people are on different sides of the aisle when it comes to uh, where USDA is or should be when it comes to their projections. Some people think USDA is about right with their export projection for corn. Some people think they're too low. Some people think they're too high. A lot of this will depend on um, is China in the market for additional U.S. corn? Do they take delivery of everything that they've bought? Um, this is a step in the right direction because that print last week when we were down to 800,000 or whatever, that is not good at all. This 1.2 is closer to where we need to be. I'd love to see some weekly prints up in that 1.5-ish neighborhood where we were kind of running about this time last year on average. So we'd like to see some improvement, but certainly a step in the uh, right direction here. So Ukraine says that the Black Sea grain deal may be shut down, just well, more the same. Yeah. yeah, Russia blocked inspections <clears throat> of Ukrainian ships in Turkey this week. A Ukrainian official said this week that for the second time in nine months of operation of the grain initiative, an inspection plan for participating vessels has not been drawn up and not a single vessel has been inspected. Russia has not responded to these reports regarding blocked inspections, but said earlier this week that the outlook for the grain deal was not so bright. I don't know if Russia is serious this time around or not. I mean, again, they've they've extended the deal twice without any sanction relief and they want sanction relief from the West. They're not going to get it. Um, so do they actually shut down the deal this time? I don't know. We had the story circulating last or uh, earlier this week again and again this morning regarding these uh, Eastern European countries trying to ban or discuss banning uh, grain imports from Ukraine. Ukraine can't get all the grain that they want out of the Black Sea, so they're shipping it west via rail. It's, it's a messy situation. And, and, and as we've discussed here now for a couple of weeks, the, the shift in the narrative over the last 12 or 13 months is phenomenal. You went from a situation where we were going to run out of wheat and, and this Ukrainian grain was such a tremendously uh, bullish deal a year ago to now. It's like nobody cares. We don't want it in Eastern Europe. And uh, the market just does not react to this thing anymore the way that it looks. So soybean harvest is wrapping up down in Brazil. Well-followed private group Ag Rural estimated that the crop was 86% harvested through Thursday versus 87% the same date last year. Planting of the country's second and larger corn crop is complete. The weather forecast appears to be mostly favorable. 
so the soybean crop's a record. It's just a question about how much. Is it 153? Is it 155? Um, I think Stonex at a 157, which is uh, certainly the highest estimate floating around out there. When it comes to the country's second and larger corn crop, that's probably your bigger deal right now. Uh, they uh, completed planting uh, earlier this month. They've got some rain in the forecast. It's it's not super heavy everywhere, but this uh, circle on my screen here, if you guys are watching, this is a rough estimate of second corn areas in Brazil. And, and they've got some rain coming the next seven days. So they've got no problem whatsoever. There is no reason at all for me to believe that that crop uh, will not be a record. Uh, Mackenzie, what did the cattle market do yesterday? It was up again, uh, green across the board. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of $1.31 uh, higher on Monday, ranged from 55 cents in the back months all the way up to 285 in the in the closer contracts. Live cattle futures closed an average of 93 cents higher. Uh, box beef did well again. Choice ended the day at 305.98. That was up 336. Select ended the day at 289.32. That was up uh, 545. Bull market. Uh, hey guys, May grain options expire Friday. If you've got any remaining open positions there, make sure you take a look. Outside markets, uh, U.S. dollars a little bit lower this morning. Stock market's up. The S&P's up 16. The Dow Jones up 115. Gold's up 10 bucks. Uh, crude oil is barely changed, down just a couple of ticks. 80.77 last in the May WTI. Mackenzie, this is way easier when you're here. Like I don't have to. I don't have to read the news and do the commentary. Like I can just do the commentary. Well, Makes it much easier. Much good. much easier. Good. Everybody uh, have a great day today, guys. We will talk to you on Wednesday.